Welcome to the Public Health Reform Podcast, a place for people to discuss tackling public health challenges, reducing inequalities, and creating a Scotland where everybody thrives. You're listening to the latest Public Health Reform Scotland podcast with Campbell Hartz. In this edition, we're looking at mental well-being and ways to actively support communities to thrive. The area has already been recognised nationally as Scotland's third shared public health priority. And as partners look to review the way they deliver services, one programme in Midlothian is already ahead of the curve, with people living with issues including isolation, depression and stress being referred by their local GP to voluntary organisations to provide non-medical support. I asked Dr Hamish Reid, Clinical Director at Midlothian Health and Social Care Partnership in Pennycook, to outline the background to the approach. This all started about three years ago. Um, We're working in partnership with the Thistle Foundation, which is a voluntary organisation who have social care practitioners. The idea is that there is a wealth of resources out there in the community that can help our patients, but the patients don't know the resources are there, and the individual practitioners in the practice don't know either. So these social care practitioners understand what's available in the local community and they are able to tailor available services to the patients who most need them. I guess there must have been a time where um, you identified that perhaps there was a gap in the services that you were providing and that's how this came around. Uh, Is it very much driven by what people were telling you when they came in? Yes, absolutely. Most GPs would say that there are patients out there who keep coming back to the service, keep going back to primary care, and it's clear that they need something and they don't know where else to look for it. But in fact, a GP or a primary care appointment isn't really what they need. They need someone to help them to find more gainful activities in the community, to find people to speak to, to find ways to be more positive about the direction of their lives and to choose what they're doing with their lives. These social care practitioners can take the time to delve into individuals' lives, talk to them, find out what they really want and what they think they need and point them in the direction of the resources that are available in the community. It's been very successful. We've had a lot of really positive feedback from people who previously had seemed uh, not to have anything or any direction in their lives they've been really helped by our uh, practitioners to uh, find uh, you know to find something to do you got quite a a range of services here or is it you know is it just down one route that you would be sending people or do you have uh, options so the well-being service is mainly designed for people who have difficulty in accessing services and who tend to have low self-esteem. The wellbeing practitioners will take the patient's phone number, they will get in touch with the patient and help them to organise an appointment. We've got other services for patients who are more able to access things. Patients can self-refer to the Midlothian Wellbeing Access Point where they can find psychological services. We can refer patients for exercise programs with our local gyms. 
and we can uh, we can also refer patients to our mental health nurse who provides a slightly different service but this is part of a suite of services that we have available for our patients. And it's by connecting people to organisations like the Thistle Foundation which provides face-to-face support that a range of services are opened up. For some the services are life-changing. Jackie Snedden from Pennycook is one of the people that's benefited. When I initially went, my thoughts were, I'm not having antidepressants, not that I'm against medication, but I didn't want to be offered that initially. So the fact that I wasn't offered medication and I was offered this appointment to see a wellbeing practitioner and then a follow-up appointment to come back to see the GP again, it was a relief that it wasn't here, take some medication and pull yourself together. So you've been given a, a lifeline, as it were, for, for the service. I mean, what, what did they give you? What, how did you find it? Did, it? did it help? Yeah, most definitely helped me. I was quite anxious to come and see Andrea, the lady that I saw. Um, however, it was, it was here in Pennycook practice, so it was familiar. I didn't have to go into town or anything. Um, and from that first interaction, I didn't feel judged. Um, I just felt I could be myself. She listened a big part of it for me I can still remember her not saying what's the matter with you because there's so many things going through your head and you're thinking you're going off on a tangent maybe telling this story that story about how you're feeling my head was just like a hundred balloons above my head that were all tied and I was giving everything of myself to other people but Andrea listened and explained how the sessions would work for their one-to-ones if I wanted to come back to see her Um, and we would look at building towards maybe coping strategies and my hopes for the future but not rushing anything on that very first appointment Um, very much relaxed and led by myself I felt which really did make a difference to me because I felt completely relaxed A couple of years later I think you're in a a better uh, place now do you feel that through these sessions you've come to understand yourself or accept the the, the issues that you were dealing with before Has, has it helped? Most definitely. Um, I would have to say for me it's been life-changing. Some people might think that's a bit dramatic, but for me it has been. I was in such a dark, difficult place at that time. Through the one-to-one sessions I learnt techniques and coping strategies. It's not marvellous. There are some really still, can still be some really low days and down days, but what I've learnt through being involved in Thistle, being offered a place on their 10-week lifestyle management course, and it just, it's like building blocks. Week by week, it builds on each different things around pacing and gentle exercise, coping with setbacks. And at the end of that 10-week course, you feel that you, you have got some tools and techniques, not something from every week, um, but there's lots of little different things. And I felt I was much more in control of my life. And subsequently to that, um, I've did, done more training with Thistle. I'm now a peer volunteer with Thistle primarily helping um, when they run these 10-week courses and it's quite nice to give something back. And just on a final note, I mean, I guess uh, this all has a big impact on, on the family life as well. Is that something that you this sort of helped with at the time or was it something that built up over a, a longer period of time? Yeah, it's definitely helped. Because I was in such a dark place, I had given so much of myself for such a long time, but I, I do have a family, I have a husband and I have three boys. And that was difficult for them, seeing mum at some days in dark days really not wanting to be, you know, be here. They found it even probably quite difficult that I come first and often you'll have to accept that I may say no 
that I can't give my time to you right there when you need my time um, because that was a part of my own downfall that I gave everything to everyone except I forgot about the most important thing and what actually mattered to me in my life. So my family life, have they've had a bit of adjustment because they've had to realise that actually mum, well, A, doesn't work now um, doing the job that she loved, but also that there is a change in mum. And they're very proud as well, I have to say. My husband is extremely proud of how I've turned things round and how I am involved with Thistle. Because I think if I hadn't been, not sure where my life would be or in fact if I would even be here. Some powerful words from Jackie Sneddon to end that interview. And it's people like Jackie that public health reform is trying to help. As part of the ongoing reform agenda, Public Health Scotland launches in 2020. It's expected to place a significant focus on data to help plan services and inform local decisions, with evaluation too playing an important role. NHS National Services Scotland's local intelligence support team will form part of the new organisation. Bill Ramsey helped evaluate the success of the Midlothian project that we've already discussed. He told me that effective partnerships were the key to success. No one person or one organisation has all the answers. They've got to work in collaboration with everybody. And having me public health consultants or public health practitioners working on the projects, as well as GPs, as well as health economic people, as well as data people, actually makes a big difference because actually you can do a much more rounded evaluation. One of the complaints we hear from the third sector is that they have a lot of data but it's not necessarily taken into account. I know you've worked directly with the Thistle Foundation for this. Were there any particular challenges there that um, you had to overcome to, to make sure that you could use what they gave you? No, it's just about ensuring that they collect data in a consistent manner. Health Service is very good at making sure that we have information collected consistently. Everybody across the country collects the same thing on the same way. So it's just about bringing some of those standards to help the third sector collect data consistently that can be helpful, but also in a manner that's not cumbersome for them to collect, because actually that would be counterproductive in a lot of ways. We look ahead to 2020 and beyond, and we've got Public Health Scotland, which has a stated aim to try and help local areas deliver rather than being a top-down bureaucracy. The work that you're doing through Midlothian and other projects like that would seem to be a good place to start. Yes, very much so. There's lots of data. Data's become a big thing for lots of people to actually get involved and actually that's how we can make a difference to the whole of the the people of Scotland is if you can actually try something on a small scale and build it up. So if it helps our population in Midlothian but also learn the lessons to then scale up to Scotland as a whole. Just on a final note, obviously if if you're working with different partners that have different ways of of going about their day-to-day jobs, is there anything that you've learned? It's just that that working, that collaborative working and actually taking on board and understanding what other people do and how they do it and bring your expertise to the table. People around the table have all got their own expertise and this is about bringing the best of the best together to work together. The Midlothian Wellbeing Project's just one example of partners finding new ways to meet local needs. The public health reform programmes encouraging partners across the country to come together and use a whole system approach to deliver the public health priorities, helping to create a Scotland where everybody thrives. If you're interested in finding out more about public health reform in Scotland, check out our website, publichealthreform.scot, or you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm-hmm.